Blog Talk Radio. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Unfolded Hearts Ministries. This is Unfolded Hearts Talk on Blog Talk Radio. We're a nonprofit ministry of equipping, encouraging, and teaching. You can find us on the web at www.unfoldedhearts.org. Well, good morning. We're excited that you're uh, joining us this morning. And um, my audio tape is not working this morning, so I had to do that um, from memory. <laughs> uh, we're glad that you're here. Um, I feel like our time is going to be short this morning for all that I want to share with you about persistence in prayer. And actually, as I was sitting here before the Lord, uh, right before we started, he showed me something else. So I want to make sure that I share that nugget. I do want to ask, um, Unfolded Hearts Ministries um, is, uh, I do put out a monthly newsletter. So I just wanted to invite our listeners, if anyone wanted to be added to the newsletter, if you go to our website, again, at um, unfoldedhearts.org, and you fill out a contact form so that I could have your email and just write, please add me to your newsletter, um, I would be happy to do that. So I just wanted to invite our listeners today um, and begin to invite our listeners in the future as well if you'd like to be added to our newsletter. And this month, um, as we celebrate Resurrection Life, um, I am going to be writing about the promises. Um, and so um, before we start today, um, I do want to pray. I do want to say, um, even though I've been um, walking, come to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ for uh, nearly 30 years ago when I was um, in my early to mid-20s, um, I came to know the Lord. He drew me with his loving kindness. Um, and I received his mercy and his grace for me. And um, But since that time, I've always asked him to teach me to pray. I still ask him to do that. And he brings greater insight um, on my prayers because all my prayers are not the same. All of my needs are not the same. Um, my intercessions and bringing my friends to prayer, my families to prayer. Um, some of those dynamics are different, but I begin to understand the word and the different prayers and measures that we have and begin to apply them. Um, I see the Lord moving in faithfulness and it's causing me, as Paul says um, in the New Testament, that we would grow in our spiritual, um, all spiritual knowledge and that's the knowledge of the lord and how he works right and um on earth as it is in heaven i begin to understand that more and more so i just want to encourage even our listeners to as you pray um continue to ask the lord teach me to pray and i and i'll ask him to teach me to ask and when i do that i want to make sure the other side of it as well is that we're obeying and we're listening to what he's saying and Applying uh, what we hear him saying on behalf of our loved ones or behalf of ourselves or, or how he wants us to move. And so I just want to encourage you to do that as well um, in your prayer time. And, um, and let's pray before we start, Father. We just come to you in Jesus' name. We thank you, Father, for every listener who's listening, Father God. I thank you, Lord, that we would all have ears to hear, Lord, that you would remove the blindness, any blindness from our eyes, our spiritual eyes, in Jesus' name, that, that would be removed this day, Lord, to every listener this day, Father, and every listener, Father God, who listens to the broadcast the days after, um, 
other than this morning, Father God, that you would, your grace would be with us to meet us here and now, and your grace would be um, present um, to every listener who hears the broadcast, Father God. Now come now, Lord, and fill us, Lord, and be present in and through your word and in and through this teaching. In Jesus' name, we love you, Lord, and we want to give you all the honor, Father, and we desire, Lord, to follow you in your word, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Well, the first uh, scripture, and I'm going to be talking a little bit fast with some things where I'm not going to expound on. I am going to just go ahead and give you the scripture reference, and you can look that up yourself. So you might want to, um, if you don't have a piece of paper and a pen, you might want to run, run and go get one of those because I'm going to kind of cover this a little bit fast, right? So Jesus, when he walked on earth, he did three things. He prayed when he was on earth. He taught his disciples to pray. And Jesus is praying now in heaven, interceding, okay? So prayer is very active. It's very important, and we need to tune our ears to hear what he's saying, especially in this hour and in this day. Well, we start our prayer with a model prayer. Certainly, we would want to walk away from that, but we're going to stay in the book of Luke this morning. So we're going to be in Luke 11, and then we're going to move to Luke 18. And we do want to do some prayer today as well um, while we're teaching. So um, I'm going to read Luke 11 really fast. Um, well, not too fast, but I'm going to go ahead and read. Um, and it says, Now it came to pass. Um, at the very beginning, he was praying in a certain place, and when they seized him, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, we all know this, and you can say it along with me, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day, or day by day, our daily bread, and forgive us our sins, for we also forgive anyone who is indebted to us. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And um, and he said to them, which of you shall have a friend? And go to him at midnight and say to him, friend, lend me three loaves, for a friend of mine has come to me on this journey, and I have nothing set before him. And he will answer him from, from within and say, do not trouble me. The door is now shut and my children are with me in bed. I cannot rise up and give to you. I say to you, though, he will not rise up and give to him because of his friend. Yet because of his persistence, he will rise up and give to him as many as he needs. So that is very interesting because of his persistence. And we are talking about persistence today. In prayer. So we find two things in that. When we're approaching God in the throne room of grace, yes, come boldly. We come boldly because of all he's chosen to do for us, right? We come boldly yet humbly, um, understanding all that he chose to do for us he, because he's made the way. Um, and so what we see here is that we have, uh, we pray to the Lord that he is our father. Verses in Stone chapter 11 so he is our heavenly father. So we're praying to him. So as far as prayer is approaching to God as we approach our father. Now he's two things. When we find in Romans 8.15 that he is our Abba father. And even Jesus referred to him as Abba. Okay. I oh, can't expound right there today. But it's a beautiful thing and a reliance and a dependence. Um, and in Hebrew. It's very beautiful. And so we see the two things in the Father. We see the Abba part of Father, meaning 
his tenderness and his care and his um, wanting to make provision for us. And we thank him for that and his holiness as well when we see him. Um, and then in Galatians 4, 6 as well, it refers to the Father, Abba, excuse me. And then the second part of the Father that we that we uh, pray in and through with it is that he has authority, right? He has authority in heaven. And the Father in heaven, he sets things in order, and then with that, they all come to earth, right? So he's still setting things in order. He's still setting us in order and things in our life, and he's aligning us to his will, that setting in order, okay? So it's not a strict, it's not a, um, a brow-beating kind of an order. He, he's aligning us to his will, aligning us to his purpose, and we desire those things, and we pray in his authority. He's given us. His authority, I think Luke ten fourteen or Luke ten talks about he's given us his his authority. Um so so we pray in that as a father. Secondly, we pray to him as a friend. It was a friend who comes at midnight. Yes. And as a friend, um he tells us um that a friend, um, the nature and character as a friend is that a friend loves and bears all things. Um and this is found in Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, 7. Love bears all things, the Amplified, regardless of what comes. It believes all things, looking for the best each one. It hopes all things, excuse me, remaining steadfast during difficult times. It endures all things without weakening, right? And Jesus said, there's no greater love than to lay down my life for my friends. So we thank God for that, that we are called friends of God. And if you can right now, just dear one, if you're listening to this, just place your hand and take your right hand or just place it on your heart. And let's just thank God for just a moment that he calls us friends of God. And we thank you, Lord, that you call us a friend of God. And, and just say that, say that some of you might need to just say that I am a friend of God. And I thank you, Lord, just for your presence and just um, the assurance for that declaration and the promise that you have towards your dear ones. Thank you. We are friends of God. Now, when we turn um, over to Luke 18, I'm going to go ahead and read this. We're going to spend a little bit more time here because um, this talks about the third entry of approaching um, approaching God in the throne room of grace. <clears throat> this one may be the more um, important one for this season and this time that we're in uh, to gain understanding here. So we're reading from chapter 18 in Luke 1 through 8. And it says, I'm going to go ahead and read it first and then we'll break it down a little bit. Then he spoke a parable, talking about Jesus to them, that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. So, so in this parable, it's starting off, Luke is telling us, the very reason that this parable is being taught, even before you hear it, it is for this purpose, that we ought to always pray and not lose heart. Okay, so listen here. So he's saying there was a certain... Um, and actually this um, parable is titled The Parable of the Persistent Widow in my Bible. So we're going to come back to that little nugget in a minute. But it says there was um, in a certain city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that, that city, and she came to him saying, Get justice for me for my adversary. 
from my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, though I do not, so he's not relying on God, though I do not fear God nor regard man, yet because of this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, least by her continuing to coming she weary me. So really, and part of the... Um, um, definition of that is okay so we see he's very very self-absorbed and relying on himself in almost an arrogant or pride kind of way and how he does things and really the only reason he gave into her which i had heard is that um because he thought she would give him a black eye and meaning she would ruin his reputation for her coming so really he had no regard for her and there's certain things even in the hebrew and how god had um set up the care for the widow and he he did not his heart um to understand all of that and to cross that bridge i'm just giving that as a little um cultural indicator um that he did not function in any of that um, just to show where his heart was and where he was he really so he really replied to her out of his really his own advantage he's thinking well i'm going to have a disadvantage she's going to give me a black eye reputation and I'm certainly he didn't mean that literally. <laughs> but um, so that's why he responded to her. So then the Lord said, hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God, come on, come on, saints, shall not God um, avenge his own elect, that's you and I, who cry day and night to him, though he bears long with them. I tell you. Wow, we don't even do that alone. He bears long with us. And I tell you that he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Well, may he find faith in our hearts, in your heart, in my heart, and in our homes. We thank you, Lord. So let's just break this down. Um, And so we see this third place that we come to him as we come to him as a righteous judge. Jesus is our righteous judge when we come to him in prayer, okay? He's not going to leave us. We're part of his elect, and he asks us to pray day and night, night and day, that we're crying out to him and praying with him persistence. So we're not just praying with these uh, repetitious, um, vain Vain repetitions. In fact, the scripture tells us not to pray that way, not to pray in vain repetitions. That is not what persistence means. Persistence doesn't mean we rely on our own um, our own strength, our own ability. My persistence in coming to a just judge is that I know that he supplies the answer and that he has the ability in the courtroom of God or the throne of grace, to supply the answer and to move on on behalf where I know where the truth is, that I have a legal right standing with him on behalf of what I'm asking for. So if it's um, according to his word, we know that. We know that he he knows that um, none shall perish. That is his heart and his desire. So I'm coming to him on behalf of one who, to receive the Lord, and that their eyes would be open uh, to receive her salvation. I know that I have that, so I keep coming to him because I know that's his desire, right? It's just not on myself. It's, I'm bringing that before him continually. Maybe a prodigal, whatever it might be that you find in the word, we're continually to make so it's not in our own strength. It's in our persistence in coming in 
faith and knowing the word and coming before the Lord. Now, listen, uh, right before I um, dialed in this morning, the Lord showed me the word persistence as I was reading in Luke 11. When I looked that up, and I, I use, and I just want to tell you because I'm a Berean, just like you are, okay, um, and I go to the word and I study it to see where the truth is. It's a Berean. And um, so in Luke 11, when it says, because of his persistence, when I looked that up in Blue Letter Bible, it only came up, that word is only used one time in that verse and, and in person. And I said, well, wait a second, I'm teaching from Luke um, 18 about the persistent widow. It's not the word persistent even used. And while it's titled that um, over that parable, the persistent widow, it's not the word persistent even used in Matthew 18, 1 through 8. And sure enough, it wasn't. So when I look at Luke 11, and then and the persistence that's there, that we're bringing a friend and interceding, uh, that's the type of prayer, bringing a friend or a loved one or a child um, on behalf of another um, to the Lord. Well, it's talking about that type of persistence is um, impudence or shame, shamelessness. And just coming, it's almost, it almost in some ways means it's rude, it was rude to wake up your neighbor on behalf on behalf of another. It's almost as um, I don't know if you can use the word audacious. That's not, uh, but it's almost a persistence, a shamelessness to go knock on my neighbor's door at midnight to give me food because I have not. And it says, but um, because his friend, he says he will rise up and give him. Now listen to this. This is the heart of the father towards you. He will give him as many as he needs. So even in our asking, when we're if, we're, if we're rude, right, to so teach me to pray, teach me to ask, even in those moments, he's still going to make a provision for us when we come to him. So beautiful to me, the heart of God for his loved ones, and even coming on behalf of another. So keep asking, friends. Keep praying and keep obeying. So when we look at the parable of a persistent widow, well, I looked up the word persistent, um, well, it's not found here, which we're going to talk about that uh, in a minute, but it is talking about praying um, day and night to him that he bears long with us, okay? And I, and, but the persistence there is a firm continual of action in spite of the difficulty or opposition. That is the persistence that we want to come to the Lord in and our righteous judge. Now, how can we come to a righteous judge? What does that mean? It means that the blood allows God to be both just and the justifier. Do you hear that? The blood of Jesus through the work of the cross and the shed blood of Jesus, the blood allows God to be both just and our justifier. So I'm coming to him on the basis of what he's done for me on the cross and the shed blood of Jesus that, that, um, that he shed for me, okay? And when I come to him in these courts of heaven, if you will, or to his throne <clears throat> of grace, I'm coming and asking, I'm, <clears throat> I'm bringing, it's a humility in coming and asking um, that the blood would speak on my behalf. If you think of it as a courtroom, right? Jesus is our adversary. Um, he's our mediator. Look in the scriptures at all the legal terminology that we find in scripture and the basis of the blood, right? So um, we come on behalf of sin, our sins. We come on behalf of our transgressions. 
and iniquities, okay? Those are the things that become to a righteous judge. And she's saying, um, so nowhere in the parable does the woman address her adversary. So we, you know, you know, being, you know, um, different there's different seasons. We need to know how to apply the word of God over the prayers that we're praying. So we come in humility, but we don't ever speak to the adversary. We ask the judge to work on behalf of the adversary. Come on, we don't speak to the enemy and tell him this and that we come against him. The only thing that can come against the enemy is the finished work on the cross and the blood of Jesus. So don't don't be praying. Don't open yourself up to any attacks against the enemy that you don't need, sweet one. You don't want to go there. And we thank you, Lord. And we just ask him to forgive you and to cleanse you and to thank you. I mean, to turn that thing around in Jesus' name and bring it under the blood of Jesus, okay? And the blood um, and all the exchanges that happen on the cross because of the blood. And you can Google that. What are the exchanges that took place? And you look for a valid name that is honorable uh, that you can that you can search that out and apply that if you need that in your life. There's something happening this morning, um, and I'm sure thereafter as well. But there, there's something there, and, and and I really feel like the Lord just even told me yesterday to to do this blog talk radio and I really felt his grace even in the and then in the night um season last night I just felt his love and his grace is going to be coming and pouring through on this broadcast. So uh we thank you that she was dependent upon the verdict of the judge, okay, and he was crying out day and night and he will avenge um speedily. So the adversary, when she's saying her adversary, it's the same adversary word that we find in first three to five eight, which is um an anti, one against us. And it also means one who brings a lawsuit. So isn't that interesting? We all know who the adversary is, is our enemy. Um, but it also says in First Peter 5, 8, so be sober spirit, be on alert, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And I think we also read in um, Revelation where it says he doesn't, it's day and night, the accusations, our day and night. So, and what is he accusing us of? Our sins, our transgressions, our, and our iniquities. So let's go there for one second. So again, the adversary is an opponent of a lawsuit, and it is speaking of, of, um, of our enemy. But what do we have? What is our legal binding contract that we have that we can bring before the throne room of grace? We come on the basis of Jesus and on the basis of his blood. Again, the blood allows God to be both just and our justifier. And if we know we come under that, we're going to have an answer to prayer. And it silences our accuser, okay, and day and night, night and day. And I know, um, I mean, I pray day and night, and I'm sure that you do too when you um, become more and more. Uh, aware of your prayers and your thoughts and and your heart towards God, I'm I'm sure that you will realize that you literally are praying day and night. Um, But also this daytime and nighttime, I'm sure there's more to it, but when I studied a little bit, the little nugget that the Lord did give to me um, initially, and I've been praying this way for over a year, friends, and um, was the night, and I'm sure there's more to it than this. He just hasn't revealed or taken me there just yet. And maybe some of you listeners know. And if you do know, I would love to hear from you. 
And you can contact me again on our website and fill out a contact form. There's a little space there that you can, um, you know, add some notes or some thoughts. I'd love to hear from you. But the night, okay, the, the nighttime doesn't look the same as the daytime. So it's a season, if you will, in the night when it doesn't look like we can't see like we can in the daylight. Come on. So what our prayers are and what we need and what we're asking for, we can't see the same way in the night that we can in the day. But we're to be praying as if we do, it's, it's praying in the night season as if we are in the day. <clears throat> you keep applying the word of God. Ask the Lord to show you scriptures and to bring them to mind because the word of God is sharp and quick and it's active and operative and it's working on your behalf. So ask the Lord for scriptures to pray over children, for scriptures to pray over your finances, whatever it might be. And if you have a place within you um, of any guilt or any shame or any regret, and even if the accuser if you've already been forgiven for that, but the accuser keeps bringing that up to um, your mind or it keeps rolling around like a quarter, you keep hearing it like a quarter in the dryer, just nonstop, then you need to apply the blood of Jesus and come before his throne. Now listen, real quick, our sin is, you know, in the New Testament it says, um, if anyone even look upon a woman and lust in his heart, he has already sinned. Okay, so that is the, the thing, not just the thoughts that come to our mind, but when we take them into our hearts um, and begin to meditate or ponder on those things um, too far, and we all know what those are, even if we're driving and, you know, maybe we're angry towards the, the next driver or we want to curse at them, we think of a curse word, but then we put the curse word in our heart, whatever that might be, that is the sin, okay? The transgression is when we act out on it, is when we put it, we act out on whatever the sin is, that is our transgression. Our iniquity comes from our bloodline and our family and our family. A lot has to do with, uh, when I'm reading, and um, I'm sure it covers more than this, but um, a lot of it has to do with idolatry, and idolatry um, and now is um, whatever you love more than love God than than loving God could be one thing because of that love is is actually going to cause you to serve that thing more than you're going to serve God. Okay, so if it's pulling you away, iniquity. You can also look at your like if there's divorce in your iniquity line, if there's um, Oh, my goodness, drinking, addictions, hoarding. There's multiple th things that you can look throughout your bloodline. Just look at your parents, look at your grandparents, and whatever sin that you see is prevalent, that is in, in being repeated um, throughout. That is within the iniquity that's in your bloodline. And you want to come and lay that before the throne room of grace and ask Jesus for the blood to speak on your behalf. Um, over that sin. And let me just tell you, let me just read this from, I was reading, now this is a little bit of an old school book, but um, I was reading it because Billy Brim wrote the book, The Blood and the Glory. And I really love that I'm reading it right before Easter <laughs> because it is just setting a fire within me. But the um, some of the revelation that she had in the blood was that this legal binding contract that the blood is our witness. You know, when you come to a courtroom, you have a witness. Call forth your witnesses. You know, who's going to speak on your behalf? Well, First John 5, 8 declares that the blood 
is three things. It, the blood is a witness and three things on in earth, in the earth. So no, come back to the blood's prayer. In heaven as it is on earth, okay? And it says um, the spirit, the water, and the blood, these um, have, and they're in agreement, okay? So that the blood is our witness to speak on our behalf both in heaven and on earth. And there's a lot of things that need to be taken care of spiritually, so that um, they can come on earth as they are in heaven. And let me tell you something right now. I'm going to go to um, why this is important, and I hope that I have it in my notes here somewhere, but in the um, in, in Psalm uh, 139.16, it talks about, um, and if you're listening live this morning, please come back and listen to the rest of the broadcast because um, I, I do want to bless you with that. But it talks about being formed in your mother's womb and um, and all the books that were written. Let me just um, turn to it real quick. I thought I had it in my notes, but I do not. So Psalm 139. Stay with me because then I'm going to re- read a courtroom and applying the blood. Um Jesus at the court in the courts in the throne room of grace. Psalm 139, 16. Okay, 15. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. 16. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed. And in your book, there were written the days fashioned for me when I was yet there and none of them. Okay, so we have a book in heaven that is filled with our names in it. Besides the book of life, there's other books um, that has the will and the purposes of God. Our adversary is trying to sort that, and he comes, and the only legal standing right that he has against us is through these sins, through the transgressions, and through the iniquities. That's why we must cover them so that spiritually and before the Lord so that um, so that the hindrances are not happening on earth. We're clearing the way spiritually so that he might come take a hold in the fulfillment of that on earth. Okay, we have to do it according to the legal right of Jesus. He wants to act on our behalf, and he's going to do it speedily when we come to him. So come on. Okay, so the witness, so we come before the throne of grace. So listen, and using the blood as our witness, the witness is expected to speak in Hebrews 12:24, and as I'm reading from her book on page 81, tells us that the blood does speak. A witness or his testimony is always taken to the place of trial. Colossians 1, 12 tells us that God has made us meet to be partakers of the inheritance of Christ. Okay, so if Satan disputes this, he seeks to keep, keep us out of any part of the great inheritance as well as fulfilling the will and the purposes of God over our life. We are asked of that witness, the blood of Jesus, to be allowed to speak and the blood will just declare that Jesus bought us out on the cross and that it is it is ours. So whatever is written in your book, whatever is written in my book, may it come may it be um it may it come to pass may the promises of God over our lives be fulfilled, especially in this season, dear ones, okay, especially in this season. You can take communion on your own. You don't have to wait to Good Friday. You can take communion right now. Or if it's past Good Friday, please, you can take communion even now. It is in the blood of the new covenant, the pledge that we are to have all that is promised in it, okay? 
So if Satan tries to keep us out of the promise, it is exactly what he does, okay, in his accusations. Now we are to call for the witness, and the blood will testify that Jesus bought the things promised with his precious blood was the price paid. By faith, steadfastly hold the, the witnessing blood just as you want God to work and let the precious blood of his dear son speak, testify, cry unto God for us. May the blood of Jesus and the intercession agree with the intercession of Jesus in behalf in heaven and even bring that before the courts. God worked mightily when the blood of Abel cried out unto him. How much more powerfully will he work when the blood of his well-beloved son that cries out on our behalf? So we thank you that we have victory in Revelation 12:11. The blood says we have victory in Jesus' name, but we must come to him humbly and do it according to his will and according to his way. We cannot surpass um, The order of God, again, it's an order of God where he's setting us into alignment to his will, that he might be glorified, okay? He gives us these things, but we have fallen short of the honor and the glory which God bestowed and received upon us. So all are justified and made up right and in right standing with God freely and gratuitously by his grace his unmerited favor and mercy through the redemption which is provided in Christ Jesus. So we thank him that by his blood, he seated at the mercy seat, and by his blood, the cleansing and the life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation, restoring to be received, okay, through faith. So this was to show God's righteousness because in his divine forbearance, he has passed over and ignored former sins without punishment. Okay, so we, we thank him for that. He is the one that covers past, present, and future sins. But I'm telling you, you can intercede on behalf of your children, and God will begin moving on their behalf um, in the throne room of grace. So we thank, I thank you, and I just want to pray that the Lord will give you, um, as students of his words, as I'm a student of his word, that we can apply what we're hearing um, in our prayers and to move. And I'm telling you, there's something um, very specific. He would remove our blindness and we'd be able to apply the word and apply the lessons that we hear in prayer. If you're anxious, if you're anxious, then you go to the Lord in prayer and you pray in Philippians, right? Um, if you're going to wage war as a strong man, well, you better cover your word and better cover that Um, You better come to me in humility and cover your family with the blood of Jesus as I just prayed and going through your sins. You know, take that time and ask him, where are my sins, my transgressions, iniquity? What do I need to bring before you in Jesus' name? Now, this could just be the first portion of your prayer, maybe like the first 15 minutes or so, or maybe you just want to spend a season coming to him and asking him, where are the the sins of my father's? Um, in my family line and to bring that and to cleanse that because the enemy will use that as a hook as a hook and we want to keep that covered before we move we want to we want we see prayers of unity before the strong man is approached um so so you want to want to cover that in prayer i'm not covering that right now so you want to cover that in prayer um a leading again asking for scriptures asking for the word of god because it's sharper it's sharper than anything. So just to recap, when we come to the Father, we're appealing to him for our needs 
and our petitions and our wants and even just tender loving care to speak over us, for him to pour out his wisdom upon us and, um, you know, just to come near to him and dear to him for his concessions that he has for us and also in his authority. When we come to a friend, we're appealing to the need of another on intercession and also this bearing and we're going to bear as his friendship and that exchange um, of bearing, uh, love bears all things, um, the scripture that I had read earlier. And so um, we, we thank him for that. And then also the judge, the righteous judge, judge, he's dealing with our adversary. We don't go directly to the enemy, not even with the shields to say, well, okay, the blood, the blood comes against our enemy. So we're going to come to him to avenge and to get justice. Come on, some of you, this is, this is really, um, really, actually, uh, some lights are going off inside of you. So we thank you, and I also read from Romans 3, 23 through 25. We thank you for the holiness of God, and let me just see, we ask God for his verdict and all things, and now we're just going to pray. We're just going to come to him, and we, we thank him even in uh, Colossians 2.14 in the Amplified, um, having canceled out a certificate of debt consisting of legal demands, this is the Amplified, which which were enforced against us and were hostile to us. And this certificate has set aside and completely removed by nailing it to the cross. So, um, so we thank you, Lord, for what you've nailed to the cross on our behalf, and we ask for the blood of Jesus to cover us. And we thank you, Lord, that as we come and ask for your blood um, to cover, Father God, that our bloodline would acclimate to the bloodline of Jesus Christ. And we thank you for the covering of that over all of our iniquities, all of our transgressions, and all of our sins, Father God. We thank you, Lord. We want to work according to your word, Father God, and we want to follow you. We want to follow you, Jesus, and we want to know you more. We want to grow in maturity and both character and spiritual knowledge, Lord. And we thank you that we're your offspring, and your word says in your promise that you will bless us, Lord. So I thank you. And your word also talks about... Um, blessings when um, Thomas, Lord, who did who did see you, Lord, um, but how much more blessed are you who haven't seen me yet you believe? So I thank you, Lord, that our belief, even our belief, Lord, brings maturity and it causes us to overcome, Lord, because while Thomas doubted, Lord, I pray anyone that's confessing they're a doubter in Jesus' name that they rebuke their doubt and rebuke their unbelief in Jesus' name, any unwillingness to trust in Jesus' name. Now, you look that up in the word, too, in Jesus' name, that those words um, are not spoken, that you uproot them from their hearts. And so we ask that you execute your justice on earth as it is in heaven. And we thank you, Lord, that boldly your blood would on our behalf. Your blood would speak to the accusations on our behalf, Father. And we thank you for that, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, um, for your principles and that they would be released now in Jesus' name, that they bring revelation. We agree with the intercession of heaven and we agree with all of the voices of heaven until it becomes a reality, Lord. We thank you for it. And we decree that there's a coming breakthrough on new levels for your people, for their houses, for their places, Lord, and all that they put their hands to, Lord, and all where you lead them and command them to go in Jesus' name. And we break forth, um, Lord, for kingdom 
purposes and your promises in Jesus' name, Lord. And every family curse, Lord, iniquity that has haunted your people, we declare a decree you're broken now and removed by all legal rights of operation, that you're dismantled, destroyed, and dissolved. Um, and, Father, by the word of God and the blood of Jesus, you annihilate that in Jesus' name, Lord. Your kingdom will, Lord, be done on earth as it is in heaven. Bless you, dear ones, and it was a pleasure to be with you today. And um, we look forward to our next broadcast and there beyond. Have a blessed day. And there's one other thing. I'm sorry. I want to pray over you before. Let's see if I can. Um, it's on my phone, so I'm just going to open it up here. I just want to pray this prayer over each of you before we leave. And it says, the Lord bless you and keep you, and the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.